Boom, boom, boom. What's up? And welcome to another episode of In the Area Podcast, your weekly source for wisdom nuggets. Today, we sit down with Brazzo, the executive director at My Future Pathways, a nonprofit organization supporting the education of low income students in the Vale Valley through scholarship, mentorship, live coaching, and personalized attention. In this episode, we philosophize a bit about what qualities it's important to foster in young adults and children to prepare them to lead meaningful lives. Brazzo talks about what it's like to lead a life of service and how he feels like he's cheating because of the fulfillment he derives from his career. And ultimately, through Brazzo's experiences and wisdom, we learn the value of being vulnerable and how that can transform lives for the better. If you are listening to this podcast, you are an in-the-area worm, and you are digging for nuggets of wisdom. And I encourage you to go onto Instagram and follow us at In the Area Pod for the latest episodes and sneak peeks of upcoming episodes. And follow us on Spotify and Apple to not miss a beat. Strap up and enjoy today's episode. Brasso, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast, man, for driving down from Eagle to, to be here with us today, man. Thanks, man. Thanks for inviting me. This is cool. Well, I'm really excited because <laughs> you're the executive director at My Future Pathways. That's a local nonprofit in the Vale Valley. You're originally from Peru. And before we get into all the amazing things that you've been doing and that you're up to now, I kind of want to start from the beginning. So where in Peru are you from? Lima, the capital. Wow. Crazy big city, a lot of pollution, a lot of crazy people. Uh, you know, fun city as well. So, but yeah, Lima, Peru, man. How did you end up in the in in Colorado? You know, my life has been crazy and serendipity, and I I'm, I've been kind of reactive <laughs> since I'm a kid. Uh, and then uh, I don't know, things kind of land in place. But um, my friends were snowboarding here, and I was in Jacksonville visiting family with my with my you know immediate family. Uh, and then my buddies called me and said, "You're here? Why you don't stop and hang out with us for a few months?" How old were you when that happened? 20 years ago, okay. so I'm 43, okay. 23. So 23. Yeah, so I was like loving it, man. Wow. I love the energy, love the sport, you know, like I strap on a board and everything in my life and started going fast and straight thinking, nah, I got this and then wham, you know. <laughs> so, wow. So that's how uh, I, I started and loved the, loved the energy of the mountains, went back to school and then came back. You moved here right after you graduated. Well, I, I spent that one winter and then went back, finished my last semester in college. And then I got a, you know, I got a good relationship with a few people and uh, I get a job and I came in, I was like, all right, you're going to do one more season. And then, you know, the rest is kind of history, man. Uh, I've been here 20 years. The mountains kind of grabbed me. Wow. But it's not, it's not just the mountain sports because you also do motocross. Yeah. You teach Muay Thai, you teach boxing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I mean, that's a lot. Like, what, what, when, how does the motocross factor in all this? You know, the mountains, man. You know, you start riding uh, enduro. You know, I, I used to ride track more than enduro. But then a friend of mine was leaving, an Austrian friend, and he couldn't sell this motorcycle. It was a 500 two-stroke. And he's like, rats a bite. I was like, no, man, I don't need that monster. You know, I can hurt myself. Which I did, of course. You did hurt yourself. Oh, no. All right. But so how did you get into kind of working in the mental health and in nonprofits? So when you decided that you wanted to move to the Ville Valley, mm -hmm. you were like, okay, this is the place I'm coming. What was your first job when you came out here? Uh, well, I work in a Pepe's restaurant. I was a busboy. I was a kid making some box and having a good time. And then I work in a retail shop selling T-shirts. Uh, and then it comes the opportunity to um, own a coffee shop. 
you know, one of the retail shops have a coffee shop uh, independently owned. And the guy was getting married and he told me we become buddies. And he's like, Brad, so I'm leaving. You want to buy my coffee shop? And I'm like, sure, that sounds awesome. Own my own business. I, I was really excited about the opportunity, right? Uh, I always find myself being somewhat ambitious. And, uh, and at that age, I was kind of in the rat race. You know, I still want to achieve, have fun, but achieve. Uh, so I jump on the opportunity, uh, put a little bit of savings uh, in it and, and work every day, you know, myself and hire as least people than I can so I can make more money. Wow. And I ended up being really cool, man. I ended up buying a house from it, uh, supporting racing motocross. I have motorcycles. I have five motorcycles. I was like <laughs> living the dream at the time, you know? Wow. Yeah. But I was with a soccer player and I always connect with the kids that way. So mm. I start working. I volunteered my first time uh, as a coach for the Vail Valley Soccer Club. And I did okay, you know, I didn't know I could coach, coach. Um, but I have fun, I have a good connection. I coached the girls team and I loved it. And, wow. and then, you know, it was serendipity from there. What, what would you say was like the greatest challenge these kids were facing in the Valley? Being trapped in the middle of two cultures, you know, uh, your parents, you know, I'm from Peru, but we have a big migration from Mexico and, and from rural Mexico. So the levels of education are kind of somewhat low. Not for everybody, of course. You know, I mean, we never, um, we cannot stereotype or grab the whole bunch, but the, the, parent, the parents are coming to work hard and, and they don't speak English. And, and the kids are going to a full-on white uh, America right away where they only speak English. And they feel like they belong here, then they don't belong here. And they speak English as soon as they go out of the house and then back to Spanish. But then even with their peers, they only speak English. So I think that inclusion and the, the sense of belonging has uh, always been a challenge for some of the kids. Wow. You know? So, get, so ha having opportunities for them to feel like a part of something, mm -hmm. like a, in, in, interconnected to the community. Right. And I believe in the opportunity gap. The opportunity gap is a concept that I, that I get in love long ago uh, that says, basically, when you grow with opportunities, your brain develops better. You're, you see, you know, I mean, it's not, the roof is a little higher, if, if any, right? But when you're, you have a lot of social in, inhibitors, um, then you also kind of somewhat stuck for what the, the little than you know, you know? But the more than you know, the more doors you open, you know? And uh, so wow. that's, that's the cool, a cool concept for me. Did, did you have any personal experiences that really inspired you to keep doing this kind of work? Oh, for sure, man. We have a lot of kids, kids that they're being drugs in in this in the in prison systems. Then they come back and 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 do the right thing, or you know, I mean, what what is the right thing, right? Uh, so you know, I mean, become we can become very philosophical for sure. But I have stories of kids and they don't care about education, and then that becomes the vehicle for them to strive uh, in you know to thrive in life. You know, um, others then they just become. Um, influencers within a group than save some other kids. We have some amazing stories of it's all Fs and not, not caring about school whatsoever. And then all A's getting a full ride in college and then being able to have a, a full family and, and live a, you know, a, 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 a well-funded life, let's say. You know? Wow. And you think a, a big part of that was them feeling like connected to the community? Like that was the reason they saw a turnaround? Like what was it specifically that was changing inside of them? It's personal believing, you know what I mean? Because you can still become, not not feel welcome somewhat, but still, but if you believe in yourself and you can do it, and uh, and I think education is always an equalizer. You know, when you're in the room and you don't know what people are talking about, you definitely, you know, uh, make yourself into a little 
ball, you know. Uh, but if you know what, how how to share, how to how to how to add to the conversation, uh, I feel like that makes the self confidence go up. Well, what would you say to someone who's looking to get involved in their community, their local community? They want to help. They see the kids and they want to help. Like, what is what are the best ways for people to just get more involved to help kids in their communities? Well, you can share uh, your talents for sure. You know, if you you know like for. For instance, you, you know, I mean, you, you do in your podcast, you, you know, you, how to, how to operate the technology and, and that type of stuff. It's kids like you, you know, then they can look at you like a, like a mentor, like a motivator, like a, a, a person to follow. And they will ask you and, you know, you will see that spark. You know, I did that with soccer. You know, I love soccer. I got some sparks in all the kids. Uh, boxing is another example. Kids like to box and they some, somewhat, they start getting that self-confidence and and then you connect you know and then you build in the trust then you can give your time you know to share that that talent you know if you have and talk and mm-hmm. and be open and be honest you know honesty is honesty drives trust you know when you when you're vulnerable when you're real people start trusting you and then that start a relationship you know wow. and and other people you know have uh you know the, the financial freedom then they can donate to all their stuff. So those are the three gifts, really, you know? So what are the three gifts? Time, money, and talent. Mm. So one way one way would be just to identify what your passion is and then go into the community and share that with everyone else. Uh, that- yeah, I think that's that's awesome, you know? Uh, because then become legit, you know? You come in and and you feel good, man. You Like all the mentors that I know, they, at the end of the day, they take more than they give. You know what wow. I mean? They really feel like, all right. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. is that how you feel with, because your life is a lot, very much defined by service. Like, do you feel like it's a very rewarding line of work to be in? Sometimes I feel like I'm cheating, man, because, you know I mean? I have fun and I don't know how I end this, this, in this way. Of course, I, you know I mean? I, I'm competitive, you know, and I, and, and, and I like to be very professional in the things that I do. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I have a lot of uh, self-respect and self-love in that sense. But, uh, you know, I mean, I got to do what I, you know, I just came in from talking with kids. Uh, yesterday, I, I was in a football tournament, you know, with kids. <laughs> then I got to teach boxing and then I play, you know, soccer. Amy Gish, you know, you know, the Gish twins in the school. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Amy called me today. I was like, oh, the girls were playing great after your winter season. And, you know, I mean, that's, you know, you got to make friends and have fun. And I, I kind of like, I think I create my environment, you know? Wow. So your life is fun. It's filled with all these meaningful experiences all the time. Yeah, and, and and of course, all kinds of crazy too, you know? I mean, life is life. But, <laughs> but I try to balance, uh, you know, some a nurse told me once, uh, it's not about balance, it's about harmony. You know, you can go crazy sometimes and you have peaks and you have to work a lot and finish a lot of things and and be a, a workaholic. And then you, and other times then you you can do nothing, you know? And, and another ones, then it's not just the balance, I think, it's how to manage. Yeah, it's so, the harmony. On the so when, when you say it's not about balance, like it's not about just like equal proportionalizing everything in your life. It's about, I, I don't understand. I want to understand more. Well, I love to play more golf, but it's just not on my time. You know, I can't, I cannot sneak right now around a golf. Good because I suck at it, but, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, but you know, I mean, like I want to ride more dirt bikes, but right now I'm focusing on building my future pathways and I'm super passionate about it. So, you know, I, a part of me want to go ride, but another part of me is very happy and content with what I'm doing right now. So that's my peak right now. You know, I just have a baby too. And, uh, you know, my kids have a senior going to go to college and I have a brand new baby. Wow. So how crazy that is, you yeah. know? Uh, 
the opposite ends of the yeah, kid spectrum, but it, it's rotation of rooms, man. Rotation <laughs> of rooms, <laughs> you know, man. So. But what would you say is is the most important thing? Like, is it is it is it doing your career? Is it the family? Is it the relationships? Like, what? How do you prioritize these uh, aspects mm-hmm. of your life? Cool. Um, well, that's that's a very in, in my life. I took a class. I, I take one class one time. It was a leadership class based on values, on personal values, and just spent like six months doing this research. It's business oriented, but uh, have a big component on your personal values, and then you start determining in a very honest way. Uh, what are your personal values? And you got five, but you know I remember my top three, and that become uh, kind of my credo, my go to when I have a, a problem. And I determined that my first, not my number one value at this time of my life, because you know they change, uh, is my family. You know, being able to uh, somewhat provide to my kids and help them become happy people. You know, I, you know, I don't care if they rich, they poor, if they happy. I think I'm contempt. Hopefully they're not broke, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's, um, and the other thing was uh, being able to fulfill my personal need of achievement. You know, that was my second one, achievement. I am an achiever. I, I like to feel like uh, I'm good in what I do, you know, um, just for personal reasons, you know, I mean, I, before I was probably a little bit more, uh, I was a little bit cockier, brag a little bit more, but you know, now it's just, it's a personal, you know, journey. And the last piece was having time. I need to have time to play, to dedicate to my family, not just work and, and be a hundred miles an hour all the time, which I did for many years too, you know? Wow. Mm-hmm. But, but you talk about achievement. Is it, do you measure yourself based on the outcome of what you're working towards? Like, are you, do you feel like if you set out, set a certain goal and you don't meet that goal, is it a failure or is it more about the journey of, of try, setting high goals and trying to meet them? Um, I let, I, I, somewhat I learned this on the way from a few mentors as well. I kind of let, we put the stick and we dig around it. You know, we have, we know what we want to do, but how? that can change a lot. And that's, that's a proven factor with My Future Pathway. We're supposed to do some mentorship for some boys and now we're doing a hundred things, you know? And, but, but the need is driving us. The, the success, the, you know, I mean, the, the, how the community welcomes certain things, that, that success drives us to continue in that direction. Does that make sense? And, and overall, it's like, wow, look at how far we went in two years, you know? We have a little budget. Now we have a huge budget. We have no people. Now we're managing a lot wow. of people. We have almost 40 kids in college fully funded with all supports around them and you turn around and you're like you know I mean when you start doing your data analysis and your marketing you're like this is true you know (laughs) we do that you know and it's really really neat that's incredible (laughs) But, but you talk about mentors helping you find those qualities like do you do you have mentors in your life Oh yeah, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I was very stubborn, and I left my house when I was a very young guy, and uh, I never listened to my parents or nothing. I, you know, I knew it all, kind of, kind of dude. But later on, when I start separating my ego a little bit and listen, and I start getting people that tell me things that I didn't like to hear, and that's when I was like, all right, this guy really mean well. Because he's not just sure. I, I was I, I was getting tired of, oh, you're amazing. You're doing great. You're meeting all the expectations above the expectations. But suddenly you're stuck in a position or you're not growing professionally or or you don't see any type of changes and you start getting in that same hamster wheel. Uh, but then comes somebody and tell you, oh, you suck at this. You're doing this really crappy. You could improve here. Uh, and this is your biggest issue. And then you're like, all right, you know, it hurts. 
you know, it bothered me. But then I was like, I like this guy. Wow. And then that's, those are the mentors in my life that really make a change. The honest people, you know? Wow. And do you have one of those primarily in your life, like one specific mentor, or is it a bunch of different people? I like to take, you know, I mean, you learn a lot and, and the kids are amazing. The, a lot of kids really show me a lot of things. Show me things about myself when I'm coaching boys and girls and how different they are, how different experiences uh, or, or the exposure that they have in, in, in their upbringing. Uh, some of the Latino kids and have to do some crazy stuff to come into this country uh, and they show you. So it's like, you know, and I used to whine about what, you know I mean? You feel like, you feel bad about certain things. Uh, in business, uh, Ron Davis, the founder of My Future Pathway, uh, you know, I mean, we, we were talking together and together we came up with this idea, but he's the businessman, he's the funder and the financial supporter of everything that we do. And then, of course, we create, you know, more of a um, systemic approach to fundraising and all the stuff through partnerships and many, many other stuff. But he's been a, he's a, a business guru. He 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 ran a company that it was one of the Forbes 100s, you know, and uh, and he's ruthless, you know. He just he don't have time for BS. He tells you how it is, and super efficient, super effective. He's 73 years old and he don't stop, you know. I, I might 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 that be the Saint Grail or you know uh, of you know the youth, the eternal youth, because he keep moving like a rock star, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So Ron Davis is what you- one of my strong mentors on the business for sure. Wow. Uh, I, I learned empathetic from my um, Michelle Dibos, my wife. You know, I mean, she. You know, we were watching a movie one time about this, uh, uh, like psychiatric institution. And this guy was such a tale, you know? It was a pain and I was pissed off about this guy. And I turned and my wife was crying. And I was like, what? I said, do you realize what this guy going went through to be exactly like that? So, you know, I mean, I, that's something that my brain never really, uh, you know, comprehend until then. So she put herself in his shoes. Yeah, in a very natural, organic way. She was not thinking, wow. she was feeling. Wow. You know, and uh, and then she, and then we, we went and said, in order to react that way, this is the type of abuse you probably have. And, uh, you know, she works for behavioral health. So she had that background and, you know, phenomenal. And I learned a different angle of empathy. Uh, Susie Davis, I was just with her in Eagle, in Eagle right now uh, at Color Coffee, planning a, a presentation. Um, Susie Davis also, you know, I mean, she listens to me when I come back frustrated from all these parents fighting on the sidelines. And I'm like, ah, I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna suspend this guy and I'm gonna kick this guy. He's so pissed off, right? And she just like put it in different perspective that made me feel like, you know, I was wrong, you know? Uh, but in a very super happy way. And I'm like, Damn, I'm such an ass. You know? <laughs> I'm such an ass. <laughs> but those are the people who make you realize, That's you know, really special. Yeah. Exactly, you yeah. realize, and you know, and we're not perfect. We're never gonna be, but yeah, you know, the the song that we were just talking about, you know, yeah. you, you only have to do what you think is right. What's the song? It's can you tell share the song with the audience? Oh yeah, yeah, it's uh, um, the story of my life from uh, social distortion. Yeah, we right before we got the to the podcast, <laughs> we were we were jamming out to some punk. Yeah, something that's what he's listening to. Yeah. So some eighties skateboard kind of uh, vibes and you know yeah. But you you talk about my future pathways. Can you talk a little bit more about what exactly this organization is? Of course, yeah. It, we are um, a nonprofit helping youth in the valley, primarily first generation. And first generation is a, a term that refers to immigrants, people that don't have education or 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 a higher higher education degree. Um, so therefore, uh, they they have a lot of limits. 
right? On, on how they're going to grow. So, um, and I, we can talk about that in detail, but my future pathways really does support kids in middle school all the way to graduation in high school. And then we, we provide college scholarships. We, pro, we, we push to graduation through in our three pillar approach. And then we're looking for leadership and, and employability. But in your career, you know, we want people to start thinking, all right, this is my line. I can be successful here and be able to understand opportunity and be able, because education and values, be able to take advantage of those opportunities as well. Mm. And then, you know, become leaders too. We, uh, the Latino population is not represented uh, in any of the boards around, you know, uh, you know, it's uh, not because of anything, but I think it's lack of preparation is more than anything else. You know, uh, you don't want to sit down on a board then you have nothing to say, right? <laughs> so, you know, to be invited. But um, so our three pillar approach is we do social and emotional support through mentoring. We talk about entrepreneurial mindset, life skills, uh, and then, we, uh, you know, understanding your emotions, things like that. Um, and then we do to, uh, academic support through tutoring. So we have tutors sit down with you. We have a pathway from an F to an A. So what it takes to become an F student to an A student and mainly takes show up to class, sit down and turn your work right there. You're in a C, you know, which is right there, you know, and then we support you and help you doing your homework and have somebody to review it with you. And then you start getting the content and then you kind of maybe liking it. And that's the difference between an, 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 a B and an A, you know? If you study, you do a good testing. And the last piece is uh, wellness and sports through uh, sports classes and the opportunity gap uh, experiences, taking them to music concerts, to museums. Like, let's, let's go to the museum. What you see here, what's going on in sculpture? Why not appreciate playing the guitar? You know, I mean, kids not being exposed to a guitar maybe, you know, um, you know? Being punched in the face, maybe sometimes <laughs> in the boxing time. class yeah, yeah. <laughs> with gloves and, and yeah, a helmet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, how many total kids are involved in, in this? It's, it's well, it's, it's, it, we are new, uh, but right now in our programs we have over three hundred kids. Uh, you know, individual separate kids, and then you know, in our classes vary from you know, you, we do yoga, high intensity interval training. We start a Zumba class because the girls wanted to do dancing. So, you know, I found a Zumba instructor and, uh, you know, things like that. So around 300, we have about 44 at CMC with full rights. And we have a partner organization. It's called the Guardian Scholars. And we have 45 kids at Colorado Mesa. So, wow. you know, I mean, that's that's aside of the 300, we have another probably close to 100 uh, with full rights. Wow, that is so cool. <laughs> that is super cool. Yeah. So wait, how old is... How old is uh, my future pathways. Well, we are in our third year. So right now, that's the cool piece because now we're seeing a lot of success. And the Guardian Scholars is our sister organization has been around for 20 years. So we have some local success. We have kids, local kids and we're to college and I hire David Garcia, which is um, an amazing kid. And, uh, you know, he's, He's talking, he's talk the talk and walk the walk, you know, uh, he's telling the kids and Jerry Lopez is my other, uh, my other partner there, you know, and uh, they just, the other kids say like, all right, you know, I'm, I'm same kids, same trailer park, same house, same upbringing, uh, same cultural, uh, same culture, uh, all that stuff, you know? Wow. Yeah. Do, do you think kids are facing an un, unusual amount of, of pressure from their, from their parents and from the society to succeed and, and to achieve a lot? Or do you think that that that's not so much a problem that kids or at least in this valley are facing? Well, of course I'm not right. You know, I'm not right or wrong. I guess, you know, we all have opinions and we see different data from different 
places. I think it depends on the demographic that you're talking about. I feel like uh, middle class, you know, is an expectation. And, you know, I mean, like, for instance, a lot of the kids graduate from high school and they say, we did it, right? And in my country, graduating, I went to a private school. Graduating for high school was a, you have to. It was like not, you know what I mean? Like some for some people, that's a, a big goal. For some other people, it's the expectation. It's the same thing when you talk about middle class, high class, going to college, going to an AV league or a, or a top college, and they compete to a, going to a good college. Mm. Other kids don't thinking about going to school. They're yeah. thinking about going to work. Like, you know? what do you think are the biggest misconceptions that maybe people might have about the, the, the needs kids have? Well, you have to graduate, you know, I mean, we, we as a society, we standardize the college route, which I'm a fan because, you know, I mean, not because of the context. Sometimes you have to unlearn everything that you that you learn to become creative, right? Uh, but it will definitely allow you to see more opportunity, to understand what's happening around you, to have an understanding about. So I think that's the misconception. Are you going to graduate and are you going to make the big check? No. You have to be sharp. You have to be present. You have to be, you have to invest in your growth. And that's, it's a mentality. It's a mindset instead of the process. You know, I mean, the process is not going to do it itself. You know, I mean, I can teach you how to play ping pong, but if, you know, if you don't care, you know, you're probably not going to be good at it. You know, that's a crappy example. Yeah, 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 but it's true. It's true. (laughs) You know, it's what you put on it in in everything. What, What else are they learning in the wellness program? Yeah, well, we talk a lot about the entrepreneurial mindset. What is that? You know, it's just, you solve it. If you're, if you're the owner of your coffee shop, right, your restaurant, your whatever, and something go wrong, you know, it's either you save the money, you, you you fix it yourself, you hire somebody, you have a decision to make, but you have to solve the issue. Same same thing happening in life. That ownership, that being present and understanding your tools, your support system, all those pieces, that's what we call entrepreneurial mindset. And we talk about a little bit of marketing. We put the four piece of marketing, you know, how to understand, you know, price, uh, product, you know, um, um, uh, place um, and promotion and then maybe align those values to other things. We talk about the four pillars of soccer, uh, technical, tactical, physical, and uh, psychological. Those apply to life. If you know what you're talking about, you know you know how to use how you talk, what you're talking about, and then you have a mental capacity to do certain things and the stamina to, to see the tuition, you know I mean? The completion of your project wow. uh, and that mindset of never give up. And I think that's where the martial arts kind of come in very handy. Because that perseverance piece, uh, the samurai mindset, uh, it, it, was, it was really cool, you know? And we all have it. We just need to what is the samurai it. mindset? It's the, the spirit of the battle, you know? Uh, is that if you keep fighting a little bit more, you might win. You know, if you keep fighting, maybe your opponent is a little bit more tired than you are. And he's thinking the same way, I'm going to give up. Whichever the, the obstacle is. And, uh, and being prepared for the battlefield of life. Those are the two mm. things that I remember. Oh, that's cool. The, so know. literally, t- specifically teaching kids these kind of mindsets, these frameworks to think about their life and the, the problems in front of them. And you can describe it as a grit. Yeah, you, know, you put it in one word, great. Yeah. What does great means, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say to a kid directly that's listening to this podcast? Um, give yourself a chance to try new things and embrace failure. You know, failure is key. It's not, oh my God, I suck at this. I not. I didn't do good. No, you, you, we all suck at everything. You know, I mean, soccer is a game of mistakes. You know, if not, we, we always end zero zero. So fail, yeah, fail. But fail, fail is, is not how. It's not if you if you lose is how you lose type of deal. So you know, I mean, life is tough in every in every aspect. But you have those those two views, right? You can see, all right, 
my parents are divorced. Yeah, but I now have two houses. I, you know, want to live here. And I, you know, it's always That's how you look at it. exactly. So that kind of give yourself that perspective. Get out of your uh, complaining mode and start seeing it. All right, is this even if you feel like this, everything is negative because you know I mean we all feel down. It's natural emotions. We all feel sad. We all feel happy. Uh, but you know what is the how how you steer your your direction even that 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 uh, the conscious effort to make certain decisions even if your body's telling you now what is like going to the gym you know oh my god i hate this crap but then you do it and then you see uh, enormous results the or, results you know. over time right? yeah mm -hmm. yeah do, do you have a, a failure of yours like a defining failure that you feel like was just really horrible but that you ultimately were able to come back from and like succeed later on because of Great question. I have a 12-year-old and I have an 18-year-old. Uh, and this is uh, on the personal side, which I'm okay with. But um, and he asked me actually like three days ago, and my ex-wife is here with her parents because they came to senior night to see my son. They live in Florida. Uh, and my younger son, born in Peru, because we divorced in the process. I separated with my ex. We were like having a really crappy relationship. And for him, for him, for him was really tough to don't have a dad for the first few years. So I can, if I can change anything, it's probably the way that I approach that piece and my, my financial fears, then not go back home and live there after so many years being here. Um, so that's a failure in the personal, very deep side. But since that day, I make every year a commitment to see my kids more. And now my kids live with me full time. You know what I mean? So for me, that's a big tree. And, I, and I'm able to express honestly, my son asked me, what is the last thing you talk to my mom? And I was like, it was not happy. We were just not in a good relationship. You know, I mean, I have to explain in a very honest way, which I'm, again, I'm not always wrong. I'm not always right. You know I mean? I don't know. Who knows? You live your own life through your own codes, right? But um, I told my son, uh, you know, I mean, the love that I have for you is, is unbreakable, you know? That other piece, sadly, <laughs> it broke, you know? And, and I didn't know how to fix it. But, you know, my goal was to spend time with you. And I think he got it. My, my, my wife now, she's, she thought it was a cool conversation. She said it was kind of crude in a few times. But, I, you know, I mean, I think honesty is, is important, especially when you're wow. talking about those topics. That's amazing that you can have such a vulnerable, you were mentioning vulnerability as a, as a way to move forward in life and the power it has. And, but the fact that you're able to have that with your kid, I think, is amazing and special, too. And you and you do define that as a failure, the, like the marriage was a failure. It was a tough. It was a tough time. It was a failure because, of course, we're not together now. So if you to certain yeah. standards, you can define it like that. But I, it was. I learned a lot of things. I was not. I would not be able to know my wife now and appreciate the love that I now have without knowing that other piece. Now that she was an amazing woman, she still is. We we're friends. She was at my house yesterday with her parents having dinner, uh, which was great to see my kids. It was it was unique, you know? And my wife ignited all this. It was not my idea. I was like, really? I don't know. <laughs> but she's like, yeah, you know? But it was so good for my kids to experience wow. us. And we have so much history together. Then it was, we have a good time. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think... Um, being able to to look at things in a in a growing mindset. When I was I was a kid, you know, I under I was a kid. I I just we I didn't know how to be in a, a good husband. You know, I was you know, and and we have two different personalities. 
we didn't know how to be a good in a good relationship. We never learned that wow. or, or, or I, see it. I, I feel like just breakup in general is one of the hardest experiences people go through. But it's obviously a lot more complicated and hard when you have kids. And mm-hmm. how, what was the what was the best thing for you when you were recovering from the divorce? Like what what was what was something that you did? Maybe a tool or something that just helped you move forward, move on. I had a, cl- a clear picture. You know, I mean, then I have to do whatever it takes to. N- than my, for, for my kids, so they know I'm there, I'm present, I'm part of their life. They were in Peru, and then they moved to Miami, and in any step of the way, I wanted them to know that I'm here. And of course, they have a lot of holes and a lot of trauma from the experience, you know, but we talk about it as well. Um, but I wanted them to know that I'm there, I'm present, and I love you no matter what. This sucks right now, but we're gonna be able to see each other. So I always try to put a, a positive steer so they don't focus on the, oh, my dad is not here with me, which is which was tough for them and me, you know, um, and for everybody, for sure. Uh, but then um, I, every year I change the situation, you know, and, you know, now it's very favorable. I'll see what happened tomorrow. But right now my both kids live with me and we have a blast and I'm able to coach them in soccer. They come and box. We laugh a lot. We joke. We're, you know, three kids at the house. And, <laughs> three kids. <you> know. <laughs> Are you one of the kids? Are you I mean, I'm, one of, I'm the biggest kid. With the, the three biggest. stooges, yeah. <laughs> and my wife is super happy. Oh, and, and you know, that's what we're looking for. That's you know? special. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. like, what, what do you... What is what are your goals like for the next like twenty years? Like what do you what are you ultimately orienting towards in your life? Uh, I, you know, I mean, I definitely strive for a purpose and quality of life. Uh, I want to spend time with my kids, being watching them grow and being able to add a, a, a good perspective on their life when they whenever they need me. Uh, hopefully, I can we can create this. Uh, forever bond, then you know I can see him grow to be amazing humans and and stay close uh, as much as we can. Uh, I'm visualizing surfing vacations. That type of stuff is what I dream of. Uh, but also, you know, I mean, I still when I coach Eagle Valley High School soccer, I have such an amazing relationship with those kids. You know, I mean, I'm still seeing him, hugging him everywhere. We joke, we remember things. Uh, you know, I mean, that's fun. You know, I mean, building moments with people and being able to share them over time and make them, uh, I don't know, you know, uh, uh, we shouldn't take life so serious. So th- that those are the things, you know, we all gonna die, yeah. kind of a factor. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's a factor. We, you know, we don't know where is our expiration date is printed, but, uh, wow. but you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I'm gonna die and people, okay, I, I probably have a good funeral, let's say, right? That's as much as I can <laughs> you know, dream of, right? Yeah, and a good funeral meaning like, do you define that by like there's just a lot of people show up or is it the things they say about you? What is that? Probably people laughing about good times. That'd be cool. You know, <laughs> if, you, if people remember remember some fun stuff than you have and some positive impact in somewhat. But, you know, I mean, three, three months later, if you're lucky, right? Three months is a lot of time, right? You, you're done, you know? And people say, oh, yeah, maybe somebody, you're done. You need, we need, to, need, we need to stop thinking about that, uh, that, that, that long term, whatever I think, like, and, and that makes you, uh, that makes me. I, and I read this. It was, you know, it was definitely not one of my creation things, but I read it and it really resonate with me. Um, then you know, the, the the sense of permanence is, is, is irrelevant. And when you start getting understanding that little piece, 
you don't you don't worry much. You don't care. You know, what I mean, you know, like letting go of, of of trying to like the infinite, like the idea of like an infinite life, or it's never going to end. Yeah, you know, I mean, we don't. Yeah, somewhat. Is that what you're saying? I'm trying to understand. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know it's kind of crazy, isn't it? <laughs> well, cool. you know, I love it. it's like a, you know, don't take yourself too serious. You know, I mean, really focus on the moment. You know, I mean, I, I have a lot of friends and they are in the rat race, right? Like, let's get the house, let's get this and this guy. Yeah. You know, I'm lucky. I can say, not a lot of people can say they're executive directors. I don't even, you know, I laugh every time I say wow. it. <laughs> That's awesome. But <laughs> you, you know? say you were in it too. Like when you first came out to mm -hmm. Lionside, like you said, you were in the rat race too. Mm -hmm. Like, do you still, do you feel like you are, you've gotten out of it a little bit just in terms of the way you're looking at life? Uh, no. Great question. I'm still competitive. I still want to be successful. And successful for me, it means being able to provide to my family, being present for them, have time, and then also feel like I'm achieving, right? But I don't need to have, I don't need to be the richest guy on town. I don't need to have a lot of money just for the heck of money. Uh, you know, I mean, and sometimes I find myself debating if I am a conformist, you know, because of my competitive mindset, he kicks in and I'm like, well, then you're a conformist, you know. How I mean? would you be a conformist, son? What are you doing? Because, you know, I mean, it's, you, because you can live to a higher potential, to a higher expectation, to maybe achieve another goals professionally. Mm. But that means you dedicate a lot of energy that you take from some other place. Yeah, it's a trade-off somewhere. Exactly. Yeah, something's so, got to go. Yeah. So I'm not willing to give everything for anything right now. You know, I mean, my kids, yes, but in order to support my kids... Well, you know, I mean, our vacations are the best times that you can have with your kids. Yeah, I love that imagery you know? of the the be being on the beach surfing. Yeah, somewhere. You know? that sounds incredible. Yeah, hang out with my kids, and we were lucky to go to Hawaii a few years back, and they keep talking about it. You know, you know, I mean, that's it. You know, what what else is there? What else are we gonna take? But you also need money to to go to Hawaii, right. you know, <laughs> or to go whatever whatever yeah. you want to go. Yeah. So that that oh. then maybe it's a balance. That's the balance. Yeah. <laughs> harmony. That's the, the harmony. Yeah. Wow. Well, so was there anything else that you wanted to bring onto the podcast that maybe we haven't talked about? Uh, well, you know, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I will take the opportunity to promote maybe my future pathways because it's an opportunity for the community to understand what we do. Uh, we are really kid centric. We're not trying to be a shotgun. We are more of a rifle, and uh, we are there for the kids year round. And, uh, and we can adapt for specific needs. We are, the cool thing is about, you know, um, our business model is we are adaptable and uh, sometimes the kid needs something different. We cannot standardize. We don't work with computers, so we cannot create an algorithm. So that's kind of the magic of what we do uh, and the trust that we create by being um, there for the kids all the time. So our problems are year round. It's not like, you know, this ends and whatever. And right now I told the kids, what are we going to do during the summer? Say, for sure, not more mentoring because these kids are tired of listening to us. You know? <laughs> so we're going to do some fun stuff. And, and there's so much growth into being part of a social experience. So, you know, I mean, here and there, they're going to they're gonna get a surprise and they're going to, oh, what happened there? It's mentoring again. <laughs> <laughs> but we try to be creative in That's really cool, man. Yeah, man. And what is the best way for people to to find find out more about My Future Pathways? Well, we have a webpage and, um, you know, I mean, we're new, but we, the, the webpage is very generic right now when we're working into getting more of a register and, and learning more. But it's a lot of information there. It's myfuturepathways.org. We also have a My Future Pathways Facebook where we put all the partnerships and the, what's going on, you know? So people, our marketing kind of a strategy right now is to tell the community what we do and what we are for. And uh, also tell the kids, you know, uh, hey, you're welcome here. We have a youth center in Edwards um, at the Edwards Plaza, like Marcos Pizza. It's open every day from 3 to 8 p.m. 
everything is free. It's a supervised, healthy environment. Uh, you know, I mean, we have ping pong, foosball. They crank whatever the music they want to hear. They have a PlayStation. All, all we ask is be respectful. Don't bully anybody. Have a kind of a cool energy. Don't be, don't push anybody away and, uh, and have fun. You know, of course, no drugs, no alcohol. And, you know, we have computers and um, like a kind of an office center with printer, scanner, all that. So, you know, if they need help, everything is there. Sounds like a great place to be a kid. Yeah, man. Well, <laughs> Brazo, thank you so much. Beautiful soul, beautiful things, oh, thanks, beautiful brother. service that you're doing for our community, helping the kids get more connected. <laughs> and uh, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. And I know people are going to learn from this. So thank you so much. For thank me, you, man. Thanks for the, the opportunity to... To share these crazy things. I didn't even talk about a lot of these things before, so it's cool. Wow. <laughs> I appreciate special. it. Thank you, man. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks.